All right, we're recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rank Rat Report podcast. A much more positive podcast, Let's of go, course. Oh, boys. Oh, wow. What a game. In a game, to summarize it to start, in a game where the Leafs just look so down and out just dog shit. Flat as a freaking deflated balloon. That's what they look like. <laughs> down and out dog shit. They, they came out with the most electric two periods that we've seen since game one for sure. I want to say some like period number two was a good like pick me up, and then period number three was like just a very, very strong period. Oh, there are yeah. so many performances in this game that you can look to and say, this guy was awesome. This guy came up big here. This guy had a good play here that led to a good play here. Not like what we saw last game. Just the complete opposite, I want to say. As always, joined by Josh and Jason, who are in Scotiabank for this one. What were the vibes like? What a game. That, honestly, the first period, like, the the vibes were really, like, people were really excited at the start of the game. But it's a very common thread in Leafs Nation where if the opposing team scores at the start, or if they score tools at the start, it very much, the dial is the dials turned down. You know what I mean? You could probably hear it on TV too. Oh yeah. It was very, very quiet. I thought they were going to start booing at one point. They did. I feel like they did because they were yelling, shoot, shoot, shoot. Anytime anyone touched the puck, they were not happy with the power play in the first period, but whatever. That's just fans, you know, voicing their displeasure. But in the second period, the lease brought a lot of energy, a lot of heat. And I, I almost feel like from like the second or third shift on in the second period, the Leafs really controlled the game. And the fans got into it, and the atmosphere just picked up. What a game it was. That was just, we've been waiting for that for a long, long time. A comeback like that, unreal. What a game. What a game. Yeah, no, you, you said it perfectly. It was a great game. It was a great game. And I, first, first game where there was a, a lead change in this oh, series. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, It's been not, like, as... As many goals as there's been in this series, it's kind of just been teams running it's away. Been kind of blowouts, like yeah. it's weird. But one team runs away yeah, with I it. I mean, so the first game it was five nothing leaks, Leafs, the leaks. Go leaks, go. <laughs> go leaks, go. Five nothing leaks. <laughs> Did it again. <laughs> Anyways, second game it was five one Tampa. At one point, the Leafs were able to get two back, made it a five three game. But you know, like it was two goals, and then there was like two minutes left. You know. You know how it goes. Uh, and then game three, Tampa was able to cut it to a one-goal game, but then the Leafs were able to get then get two empty net goals on them to, to kind of pull it away. So there were times where it kind of looked like it could be close in this series, but then the other team, the, the team that was up just pulled away from them. In this game, it was 2-0. The Leafs closed out the first period at 2-0. So they, I felt like they cut that deficit. And then they were able to start anew in the second period. And I don't know what Jason Spezza and John Tavares said in that dressing room, but... I think everyone I've heard of that's talked post-game for the Leafs has talked about Jason Spezza's speech in the first intermission of that game. I wish we know what he said, but oh my God, what a speech that must have been. Because as Great you said... moments. But, but let's, let's talk freely here now that we've won the actual game. When you go down two nothing in what the first six minutes, seven minutes, how confident were were you really? Be honest. Not a lot no. of people were saying, "Pack it in, I don't care anymore." Like we're well, done. because the last game they gave up two goals, and the third came quick after, and the fourth came quick after, there, and the fifth came quick after. So it was like, you know, that game four was mm-hmm. as much as we all, you know, we buckled in, we watched the game as Leaf fans. That we were never in, even in sight of that game. That game was over before it even started. Yep. Uh, one thing I do want to note about the depth, I mean, we've ragged on the fourth line a lot. Uh, the fourth line had their first shift at 843 in the first period when they were down 2 nothing, and they had a great shift. I think Sheldon Keefe may be listening to this podcast. <laughs> they started Matthews. Because yeah. the way they deployed the lines oh my was God. what They we... played Matthews, Marner, Bunting, they and played the top them, uh, guys a, a lot. ton. A shh ton. Like a crazy amount. Go look at their final minutes. Twenty three fifty two for Marner, twenty three forty two for Matthews, and then the next highest was Tavares at seventeen forty six. Yeah, 
It was a so, lot of minutes for the big dogs. Hell yeah. Uh, the leader in time on... Actually, those two led all Leafs I in time it. on ice. I believe it. I believe it. Even all defensemen. At 5-on-5, five five, the leader was Austin Matthews at 15-31. Next up was David Camp at 14-21 there. Um, another thing I wanted to point out was... A lot of people were saying Hedman had shut, was shutting down Matthews this series. Kalorn's line was really killing Matthews this series. And when you looked at it, I think it was last game or the game. I can't remember which numbers I was looking at, but Matthews' expected goals against Kalorn was 12% in the playoffs. I believe overall, yes, it was overall in these playoffs. Matthews' expected goals against Kalorn was 12%. Sergachev, it was 23%. And Hedman, it was 33%, something like that. Like It looked like he was getting shut down, kind of, I would say, at points. Tonight, there was one player that held him below 50%. It was 48.26 for Ryan McDonough. Seven, seven, he played 757. Everyone else, he was above well above 50 he was above 59 percent i think underrated when you look at the expected goals and the metrics and but they're all very valuable numbers but when a guy who's used to playing about 16 minutes five on five 15 16 minutes and he plays eight minutes or nine minutes yeah that's a big difference that's a huge huge and that's not nine minutes and he got benched that's spread throughout the entire game he played nine minutes Yep. That makes a much bigger difference than people realize. It yeah. really does because, you know, PK, you know what? The game started that way too. The penalties to start this game were just on both ends. I'm not going to be a Leafs homer here. They were terrible. Yeah. Like it ruined the game. The first period and a quarter of the game was just, it was hard to watch because the penalties were seven, all over. Pe- seven penalties total mm-hmm. in the first period. It, and, and you know what? As much as, you know, we bag on the refs, and I think some of it's deserved, like, that's just not that fun to watch. No. That's my that's Four my penalties the rest of the game. And that's how so it much should better. be, though. <laughs> yeah. There's other series where people are saying, how people are asking me, how are the Leafs and the, and the Lightning the two most penalized teams in the playoffs? I have no answer to that. I don't know. It's happening, but I have no idea why that is. And it's, it's to be fair, ter- it's terrible hockey to watch when they do that yeah. because there's no flow in the game. And the best was they were, they were saying that the Stamkos trip, which was a full trip. Oh, my God, was that a trip. All the panels were saying, yeah, like the home crowd kind of forced the ref's hand. I hope we did. We were because, screaming. Yeah, because it was, it was a trip. Like he should have called. There was like a two-second every, delay every, on it, but. The the entire panel was like the ref like didn't have his hand up at mm-hmm. first, which he did not. He did. Yeah. And then he kind of looked down. I think it was to, he looked down at Tavares and saw Stamkos' stick in between his legs still, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, that is uh, a call." But I think they were after that first period, they were calling a lot less. When you look mm-hmm. at the Leafs' fourth goal, McDonough fully tackles Michael Bunting along the boards, like not even like, "Oh, he took him down." Oh, he made a hit. He fully like. Bear hugs him yep. and goes over his top. Can I can I say something? That, like you said, how many penalties were there from the second period on? Four. 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 When they let the, the game play at five on five, I'm sorry, the Leafs were significantly better than the Tampa Bay. Oh, like, significantly better than the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, yeah. Maybe that has something to do with score effects. You know, Tampa went up 2 nothing and Leafs were pushing back. But we've been talking about this a lot. Like, last game, there was only 34 minutes total of five on five hockey. That is not a normal NHL playoff. Playoff game. Sorry. Playoff game. Regular season game. That's Anytime. so abnormal. And they let them play. And guess what? The Toronto Maple Leafs came to freaking play. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I already mentioned the fourth line. I just really, I really liked how they came out. Spezza threw that mm-hmm. nice hit. I think right in front of you yeah. guys, too. Right yeah. in our dome on Belmar, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Blackwell got out. He had some good energy out there, too. Like, it was, you know, the fourth line usually, it's supposed to be everyone wanted Simmons and Clifford. Mm-hmm. You need guys, those guys out there to protect your stars and to throw big hits and, you know, to protect the uh, the rest of your team. I mean, Spezza's more of a skilled guy, and he's thrown the body pretty effectively yeah. so far. Seems right. like he's and he had a couple good chances. Yeah, too. it seems like he's just doing whatever he can to make sure that he d- he never like it doesn't even cross Sheldon Keith's mind. And that's mind his first Leafs playoff game with a full barn. Wow, at home. 
He had a, he almost scored. He had a good yeah. wraparound chance yeah. there after his hit. Yeah, he, he was threw electric the body tonight. And then and you know even that line simplified. Kasha had a couple chances on that. Yeah. Blackwell was I mean multiple really good defensive mm-hmm. plays. Yeah. And you know what? Sheldon Keefe did a good job of playing them the perfect amount. Yeah. yeah. Only only uh, four minutes a, at five on five. Yeah. But still, that's, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Because yeah. when you're double shifting Matthews or putting Marner on, it makes sense. And mm-hmm. you know what? To start the game, I thought there was a th- there was a threat of the blender coming out, right? Because you saw a oh, defensive yeah. zone shift. Oh, oh goodness. Mikheyev comes out instead of Nylander. But he committed to it. Maybe that has to do with the 2 nothing score. But he committed to that. Shift in lines and it worked. Mm-hmm. Shifting Nylander and Mikheyev. No way. On the second and third line, which is what we, maybe we've been talking about for a while, but we'll we'll leave that as it is. But seemed yeah. to have worked. Hey Joe, what do you think? It really did. I it mean, really did. When I first saw the lines, I was like, okay, like not. I don't actually. I had a tweet. I had a tweet sent talking about you have this. Many good tweets. Wow, and it was one that I wrote myself. <laughs> Anyways, I'll, I'll find it and I'll, I'll let you guys know what it is in a second. But I really like how you know he didn't st- he didn't stick to his original lines that he had from the beginning of the game. I'm talking about Sheldon Keith. But he, once he made those changes, he stuck to them. Yeah, and it paid off. Yeah, it really yeah. did pay it dividends. Really did. I mean, he he kept together. Bunting Matthews Marner. We saw more than a handful of times this year where he would have separated those guys and tried to find a better combination. I don't know if that's just... Uh, well, actually, no. In the playoffs, he did that too. So I'm not yeah. even going to say that's not just regular season. He did that, yeah. He, that he kept game. them together. Yeah. The Leafs were down 2-0. He had to stick to his... He had a decision. I can I can throw Nylander up there and then Tavares and then I can throw... Pierre Engvall for whatever mm-hmm. the hell reason because I'm the coach and I can do whatever I want. He did not do that. He kept together Bunting, Matthews, Marner. Your line that has worked all year, and guess what happened? In the third period, they came up big when they needed to. They oh, get yeah. they give up a goal, but, but they made up for it. Exactly. Yeah. And Even on the some. score sheet, that's all that matters. And then the, the advanced stats numbers on them as well, like 75% Corsi four, which is puck possession, 89.27 expected goals because that McDonough – Shot while very, very, very hard. I mean, it wasn't in the greatest scoring area, but that was a he hammered that. Mm-hmm. It's a great shot, and that play was, you know, in my opinion, I think sixteen has to take that and chip that off the wall and get it out. Maybe a little bit too complicated of a play to play it back to Riley, and Riley's not. I think there was pressure up front, so he, he figured. I, I think it was yeah. Matthews. He thought Matthews was going to say, but also back, Riley but, was back there, and, yeah, and the he forward fell. just picked it off. And, you know, that was a great shot by McDonough. I, I, I'm not even blaming, blaming that on Jack Campbell. It was a really good shot. But, again, yeah. they come back and they make up for it. That shot passed by Marner off the pad. I know a lot of people may not be aware of that. But, you know, that's exactly where he's intending that puck to end up. On Austin Matthews' stick on that two-on-one. Exactly. Oh, the, here's what I said. Uh, someone asked, like, thoughts on this on the lines. And I said, to be honest, it's nothing overly surprising. We've seen these lines before. Slightly surprised they moved 88 and 91 away from each other, but I can see why because... But then they put them back together. But then they put mm-hmm. them back together. I wasn't a fan of whole last game, but also I wasn't a fan of anyone outside of 5-0 wearing a Leafs jersey, Leafs and six. Well. So. And you know what? I thought most of the night the Matthews line really controlled their shifts. Well, they They're, did. They, they, they did. It seemed like I have no, I have not looked at the numbers. I'm just going off what I saw. Tonight Tampa Bay had the most difficulty breaking out the puck. Oh my god, and did they ever. Be, and it was especially on that line. They had a lot of trouble. And guess what? In the neutral zone, what happened on that fourth goal? Ryan McDonough tried to chip it up. Mm-hmm. Jake well. Muzzin made a good pinch. Michael Bunting and Austin Matthews were there to support. Bunting gets it to the middle. Marner, a beautiful, beautiful shot, shot pass shot out of the pass. pads. Call it a shot pass. That's what it was. It was and a shot pass. Matthews banks at home, right? So, and you can ask Jason because the guys beside us told us, yeah. told him this. We had a our section had a great time in this game. The Sounds guy, like it. The guy sitting two seats beside us bought the entire row of beers twice. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute legend, but there's two guys beside us, I would say 50, 60, around that age. Yeah. When the game was tied, I turned to them and I said, you know, Matthews has a lot of jump. I think he's going to score in the next minute or two. 
And they were like, what? That's weird. <laughs> and then what happened? Matthews scored. And then what did they say to you, Jason? Yeah, you, you called it. Guess Eight. how many hits Austin Matthews had tonight? Uh, he had I a lot. He seven. was active. Seven. He had a lot. Seven he, hits tonight. Austin Matthews tonight was the best player on the ice. And that's exactly what he needs to be. And that's exactly what he was. Mm-hmm. Offensive, defensive, physicality, retrieving pucks, everything. He was fantastic. He, you could see after they went down oh, 2-0. He, he wanted it bad. And it you was know the uh, – it was. you remember the, the game LeBron went off in the conference finals against the Celtics? Oh, yeah. It was that look. He, he was – And that's what we needed. 13 individual shot attempts for just Matthews. Or, sorry, yeah, Ooh. shot attempts. Uh, actual scoring chances, eight. High danger chances, five. That's unreal. Individual expected goals, 0.87. That's unreal. Crazy. Two blocks as well. Two he blocks. Was, he's he doing everything. Oh, no, sorry. That's, I'm looking at the wrong game. One block. So this is tied for the most hits he's had in a game. And 61% in, in, the in the dot. Like, uh, what, what an all-around game for him. Amazing. Not bad, huh? Yeah. Can I, can I uh, jump forward to another forward? Yeah. Go ahead. William Nylander. Oh, the jump he had tonight, you don't think you think he was listening to Eddie Olchek and Keith Jones on TNT telling him how he should be benched yeah, for the rest everyone. of the fourth fourth game or what? Had to, I mean, because he, he started with a breakaway chance, almost went in, and then right after that, he had another partial breakaway chance that almost went in. Yeah, and he scored a fantastic shot on Andre Vaz. Like you don't you don't usually beat Vasilevsky you don't, by his that, club. You know what? He's, and that's not a, right? that wasn't a lucky shot. That was a perfectly placed yes. shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the four on four, I mean, William Nylander at four on four, I, I don't know where we can find the numbers for that, but he's exceptional at four on he's four. He's been really good. Like Last he, game, too. I think he had a point against Boston. He's had a goal before as well. Last game, did he score at four on four? Yeah, he did. Tavares passed to him. was four on four. That was at four on four. Yes, it was. Wow. So that's three four-on-four points in two games. Let's get to four-on-four more often. Oh, my God. Anyways. Only call So he was the one on the on the Morgan Riley goal. He was the one that broke the puck in, brought it around the net, cycled it back down low to John Tavares, kept active in the offensive zone to try to keep open. Tavares made a great pass to Riley. After that, hole with a great stretch pass to Mikheyev, Mikheyev to, uh, to William Nylander. Pin perfect on that post there. To get, what to was the time between up. those two goals? It was it was the same four on four. Yeah, and it was one minute and thirty seconds, something yeah. like that. And you know, William Elander deserves a lot of credit because you know that play that I'll call the TNT play Ooh. because the TNT broadcast was ripping him apart. One of those commentators was Eddie Olchek, very respected, really good commentator. He was on Overdrive today. And he even said, you know, last last playoffs, Nylander was the best Leaf. But I couldn't help it but criticize him for that play, which is fair. That's completely fair. But you know what? Did he ever bounce back? He was the best Leaf forward tonight by a good amount to yeah. me. It was 113 between those two goals. From the first period on, he had great jump. He was working hard. Maybe one or two misplays. But other than that, three points. Physical. Yeah. Working hard. Yeah. Willie Nylander. Yeah. Shout out Gordo Dick. DB, do, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but, five points in these playoffs now in the last yeah. two games. Yeah. that's And that's well-deserved because he was working hard tonight. He was getting the pucks, cycling pucks. And it ended up with the absolute whipping boy of the Leafs team, John Tavares. That was the turning part of the game, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, he did. That, that, the power play goal, like. May not have been him. Are you talking about the power play or the four on four? It was him. The four on four because uh, the you know what it d- doesn't seem today. like a super complicated play, but he's working it back and forth around the net. The fact that he works it around the net, but to the to the dot line to the hash marks, the way he's able to spin back around gives you a lot of space to work with off the wall. Yeah, and from there he's able to look to the middle of the ice and see Morgan Riley pinching in as a great pinch. We've seen a lot of Tavares, you know, his puck battles have been few and far between due to, you know, how do how do we say this? His foot speed, maybe? Yeah. But that play yeah. was perfect because he was able to work off the wall and spin back. He created a pocket of space, and he's able to turn around to an, on his forehand with his eyes up. 
great pass to Morgan Riley, and that was a game changer. Yeah. Good yeah, finish yeah. from Morgan, too. I, he scored his first goal similar to that, right? Morgan yes. Riley, like not in, like earlier in the in the series, where he pinched down and kind of uh, Morgan Riley, no? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, it wasn't quite this. So he scored. It was on a power play, though. Yeah, yeah. he scored the power play goal where Mitch Marner took the shot in close. Mm-hmm. Vasilevsky yeah, yeah. hit like either Vasilevsky stopped. I can't remember if it was blocked or not. Mm-hmm. And then he just buried it into the open net. I think a little bit different because this was off of a pass and it was a nice yeah. one-timer mm-hmm. that he, he just walked into and yeah. really powered it into the corner there. But Just smart, responsible yeah, play, It was a though. very good Like pitch. high risk, high reward. Very good of. job from John Tavares mm-hmm. to create that space and to get it through those defenders on, from, on Tampa. And then just Morgan Riley pounded it in the back of the net there. So, yeah, terrific. Terrific, terrific play all around, I would say. And from that point on, that was like the crowd momentum score, right? Mm -hmm. You could feel it was like a wave of momentum. The crowd was really into the game from that point on. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Other points that I wanted to get into. In terms of the defensemen, what did you think about them tonight? I thought they all had jumped to them. Um Justin Hall had a great game after getting lambasted by, it seems like, every person who works in, in sports media. I, I uh, saw a divide. I didn't think he had a great game, personally. I mean, so in terms of that game, I didn't think anyone played well that game. Keith said he watched back the game three times, and he was like, oh, Justin Hall and, T- and uh, Mark Giordano were the best pairing for the Leafs. Like, all right, you were down 5-0 at one point. Like... <laughs> It's not uh, mm. it's not the greatest accomplishment. Like we got blown out, but um, Giordano and Hall played the least worst. Yeah, like I feel like Hall's on. Okay, this is a very specific criticism, but on his exits, it's mostly dependent on Giordano to do it, and that's maybe best for him to do that, which is to make the simple play. Yeah, the automatic chip behind the net to Giordano, and he can break the puck out. Because when he tries to do it himself, it's not pretty. Yeah. He- Kind of fumbles it around. What I liked what he did today, um, he was using, I thought, his length very, very well and to his advantage. I thought that nobody really beat him off the rush, and that was because he was using he's got a very good reach. He's six foot three, and he finally used it, not in terms of his physicality, but in terms of his length. He was able to keep guys to the outside. He was able to free up pucks in puck battles. He was able to, you know not put himself out of position. He was a good place. Like he didn't make too many mistakes either. I think he, he turned over the puck once in his own end, Yeah, but I thought he was perfectly sufficient and it allowed Mark Giordano to really flourish in this one. Mark Giordano. Like really kept the puck to the outside. I want want to hear your Mark Giordano opinion. He's absolutely, he's a rock star. He's bleeping unreal. And you know what? That move to put him on the first power play, that's a, that's a fantastic mm-hmm. move. That was a fantastic. great yeah. great, in-game adjustment from Keith. I think it was the power play after Morgan Riley. He kind of – I think he, he took two shots that hit bodies in front. Yeah. And it seemed like he wasn't getting the puck through, and it's like – right. not, not only that, he was shooting with his eyes down. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's, and that's what it seemed yeah. like. He wasn't looking what's mm-hmm. going on in front of the net. Because a lot one of, of them situ- he hit – One of them he hit near land he and he went back the other way. But that situation, if he, if he flips his eyes up for a half a second – they have great traffic. Shoot that along the ice and look for a tip. He just fired that without looking. Yep. I think that may be something that Keith looks at and says, we got Giordano here. He's been a successful powerful power play defenseman for how many years, Joe? Ten years? Yeah, I would say so. And you, He's and a good distributor, it, too. And he's got a heavy shot. And he's not afraid of putting the shots on net. And after the first yeah. period, we had four shots as a team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty good on on that John Tavares goal. Like it was a pretty good keep in. It wasn't the best pass he received. Kept Great it in right it. at the line, and then fed it over to Nylander. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, he had a couple like good shots on net. Oh in this yeah. Game. Oh. There was one he walked in along the the circles. Had a pretty hard shot. Vasilevsky was able to play the rebound fairly well. Another one where he came in. I think it was at five on five. Vasilevsky made the save. The rebound was kind of there. He took a poke at it, and I thought that was going to be the game winner. <laughs> There's two defensemen on our team who right now are not afraid to shoot the puck, Jake Muzzin and Mark Giordano. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know what? Muzzin that's, was not bad. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's not afraid to shoot it right now. He was pretty good. He almost scored a couple. Like, not a couple, but one or two really good, like, 
dangerous dangerous shots that led to like yeah. a tip or a high danger save by Vasilevsky. He was getting some clappers through. Yes, exactly. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. That was one thing I really liked how like the Leafs I, I want to say this. So all the older old school fans, they love to say pucks on net. You got to shoot the puck. Shoot. You got to get it on shoot. net. Pucks on net. Shoot. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, but here's the thing. If you're playing against a two-time vet, what's he, a two-time Vezina winner? Yeah. Conn yeah. Smythe winner? No. Did he win? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, he did. I'm wrong. Wow. For some reason, I didn't think he won. Oh, he didn't win the Vezina last year. That's what it was. Number one bullshit. Um, anyways. When you're playing against Andre Vasilevsky, if you're just throwing the puck from not great areas, might as well not even do oh, it. Oh, pucks on net—you never know; it might tip something. Blah blah blah. Okay, like no, like it's a wasted possession. Like you don't know. Uh, even if you you end up with a face-off, like it could be a wasted, wasted possession. Why not hold it a little bit, try to get yourself into a better area, and then fire it from there? You've got some talented passers. However. Tampa Bay clogged up all lanes. They were pressuring really hard on Toronto in Toronto's offensive zone. They were clogging up the passing lanes on top of that as well. There's a reason the Leafs had three shots on net in the first period or three or yeah. four shots on net. And, and they had, they had, it's funny because they actually had even shot attempts, the Leafs and the uh, uh, Lightning at five on five in the first period. But it's just, wow. they were just a lot, they were either missed shots or, or blocked shots from the Leafs. They ended up only getting two, two actual shots. Um, at five on five compared yeah. to the eight that they, the attempts that they made. Um, but mm-hmm. 12 and then in all situations, 12, four, 20 mm-hmm. against, they still got shelled, but with tw- four. And then that mm-hmm. equal shot against was 14 shots. Four was four Yeah. in the second period. You noticed a strategy change. Oh yeah. All right. Everything. Get some guys to the net Yeah. and then win the, win the battles in front of the net and just throw it on net. Some of your D can shoot the puck relatively well. And mm-hmm. it seemed to work. And, I mean, when you look at that William Nylander goal, like, just puts it on net. Exactly, Low, yeah. along the ice, off of Tavares' foot, and in. It was exactly what we needed in that so, moment, too, in the second period. Oh, we badly. Were, our power play was kind of struggling a bit, too. Like, we needed that goal and just a who, lucky bounce. Who was credited for that goal at the end of the John game? Tavares. John Tavares. For sure. Went off his foot. Who went off Sergachev, too? I don't know. I just saw it go off his foot. We'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. It's fine. Exactly. Anything we needed it though, like you yeah. said. And then, yeah, that kind of got the ball rolling. Yeah, there. It, yes, it yes, really 100%. did. You know, I thought. So one thing that I thought during this game, I noticed that Vasilevsky was kind of overplaying the puck. I thought that they would be able to get a rebound chance on him. Didn't quite work out. They were able to get some off of the rush. So and one off the cycle as well. So that was just one thing I observed, but he was he's a monster. He was able to correct. Not to be like well. your your uncle talking about the Leafs, but the pushback and the effort they had after period oh, one, yeah. like what are you supposed to say? That was absolutely fantastic to see. And it was from the first shift in the second period. I think I think he starting Matthews and Marner every period makes a difference. Like that's that was a that was a you know a minuscule complaint from us last Philosophical change. But, you know, it makes a difference because look at how many minutes they played. Yeah. That's not a coincidence. I mean, it's a lot more minutes than what uh, what they played in the game before, right? 100%. And mm-hmm. so that was a, uh, I think it followed what we said to a T last episode. Yeah, you got to get them out more, like, as much as you can. Yeah. You, because you don't know when the next penalty is going to be called against you. And they did that, and it ended up paying dividends. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, Austin Matthews in the third period credited with three hits. And then in the first period, I think just one in the second and two in the first. He was all over it tonight. He was Austin Matthews. Like, it was was an interesting game. Like you said, the the first half was felt like the the special teams game, right? Yeah. Kind of like games previous, game three and four, where there was Mm. a lot of penalties called. But after that, we had a lot of five-on-five play. And again, I really thought the Leafs... I know Tampa in those situations. Mm-hmm. I really did. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, in, so in terms of def- – actually, we're going to get to that question when we when we go through some direct messages. Let's, we got a let, game yeah, here in, in Edmonton. i got to say that. It's 3-3. Three, three. Three, three, three. No, the, four, three. Four, three. Whoa. You missed a goal. Oh, wow. What's yeah. the direct messages time? I want to hear them. All right. Uh, let's do it. Well – let me I, get into goaltending first. Yeah, let's do. What do okay. you think of Jack Campbell? I thought he started terrible. He looked yeah. uncomfortable, mm-hmm. yeah. and then he absolutely Play, settled in mm-hmm. and played, played lights fantastic out. Fantastic from like five minutes in the first period on. 
And that McDonough goal, like you said, it's not a great goal. It's not from a great area. I think it was a good but it shot. Was a it was fa- a good goal. Like you said, it was a fantastic shot. I thought Mitch Marner Damn made a that. bit of a brain-dead play there. I understand what he's trying to do is play it back to his defenseman and get a controlled player instead of just chipping it off the boards. But when you're up 3-2, maybe you just chip that one off the boards, you know? Mm-hmm. You guys agree, disagree? What do you think? Yeah. I thought the boards wasn't really an option there. You, uh, that's the Morgan other thing. Morgan Riley kind of fell getting to the puck. It was awkward. Austin Matthews didn't make the read turn back to him. I mean, I was watching with my dad, and he was yelling. He's like, you got to chip the puck out. But I understand I what you're think saying. I it was the, there. The chip would have been to the defenseman. Like yeah. The, the defenseman had a good shot to keep and that And then in. if the defenseman's just able to move it to the other side, you got an open shot. Right. So. But it, just the way that it went back into the corner where – it's unfortunate. Our net front yeah. puck race was mm-hmm. fail. It was a failure, and it just yeah. ended up with him on McDonough's stick. And that's, I, I mean, absolutely no disrespect to Ryan McDonough as a fantastic defensive defenseman. That's like a once a year shot that he takes. Seriously, like, and and also the the yeah. pass from Colton, it was that was meant for Nick Paul. And Nick Paul just fumbled it, went right through his legs, to, and McDonough just happened to be there yeah. for. Uh, I think that also contributes to why Jack Campbell was maybe not completely set for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that one, yeah, I would say so off the turnover there. But what a response from Yeah, that. that was the biggest part. And that's what we want to see. Like, that's the intangibles that Nick Kiprios and those likes will talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but on that first goal, like, the puck was knuckling a little bit. And when you got a guy like Steven Stamko shooting the puck like that, like, it's going to be a tough shot. I know it was a little bit far out, so I can see why it went in. It's not the greatest of goals, and especially at – less than uh, six minutes into the period. It's not one you want to see. I thought the Leafs were kind of like almost building momentum, but not quite. And then that goal kind of put them back a little bit. Uh, The second goal I thought was just a fantastic read and shot by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Alex Kaloran gets right in front of, gets right in Jack Campbell's kitchen and Victor Hedman's able to find that lane and just rifle it straight off. The, like, that hit, like, the dead middle of the post. Yeah, and Campbell didn't so know where that puck perfect, was going. Perfect. Oh, not at all. That was just a perfect, perfect shot. But, uh, but then after that, he settled in. He did. He made some big saves. 100%. And he made an awesome save. I think it was on Nikita Kucherov in the third period that off of his shoulder uh, in a very good area. Amazing. Amazing. He, he really stood settled up. He, well. he kept his body. He kept his posture upright. He was able to cover the top of the net just enough, mm-hmm. and then it allowed the Leafs to go back the other way and win it. Honestly, amazing. like I'll be honest, the, after those first two goals, I it felt like Game Four where it was like this is going to be four, yeah, five, nothing, and it's going to snowball. But you know what? We got to give credit to Jack kept Campbell. The pen- for, mm-hmm. Kept the penalties under seven. So. Yeah, but <laughs> also Jack Campbell. Like oh, they yeah. had chance oh, that yeah. he shrank two in the first yeah. period at the end there. Shots yeah. were like fifteen to four. I, think. I know Nick Paul had a good breakaway. Fuck I think Braden Point had a good shot. He did. Here and there. Point had there was a, great a couple good kickout saves that Jack Campbell made there. Like there was this the glove save on Steven Stamkos. Yeah. on the power play, like Steven Stamkos Stamkovechkin because that's what he is right now. Like I don't. I'm not even talking smack on him. Like he scored a bunch of goals in this series now. But yeah, other than. Taking perimeter shots. What's he really? He made doing? a couple good blocks. He threw the body a yeah, little bit. Yeah, sure. And but he took a penalty. Offensive generation wise. Uh, I think they've done a good job on him. That's what my point is. I think they've overall done a good job on Stamkos and Kucherov at 5 on 5. I think Point and Sorelli have had some good shifts in terms of tying the Leafs' best players, whether that's Tavares' line or Matthews' line. But overall, I really think the Leafs have done a good job at 5 on 5. And that really showed in this game. You can maybe argue that score effects where, oh, the Leafs are down 2 nothing, so of course they're, you know, they're pushing at 5-on-5. Five five. When the rest kind of put the whistles away, though, I really thought the Leafs commanded that game. Yeah. They did, 100%, and the numbers show it as well, I think. So, uh, Jack Campbell overall, very, very just quality bounce-back game, I would say. Quality bounce-back game and quality bounce-back from a tough start. Really putting a damper on uh, Jason's mental midget. Uh theme that he had no no i i i want to be as wrong as i can be about that but don't lie you were a little nervous after the second goal there yeah very but i'm no, I, was, I was not I w- a little i was very i was i was crapping my pants very. like holy smokes but here we go again exactly but i i again i cannot overstate how proud i am of jack campbell for overcoming that and just playing well he played fantastic this game like we're, we're we don't win this game if it wasn't for him like and that's that might be an underrated yeah, story so. because we we 
we were down two and we didn't we didn't blow up, we didn't implode, like we came back, right? But again, none of this would have happened without Jack. But hell yeah, hell cool. yeah, I agree. Um, let's get into some direct messages before we do that, though. Why don't we get into the sponsor of this podcast, which the is the number one men's grooming podcast? Yeah, the, the rink rack. No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't misspeak. The Rink Rap Report is the number one men's grooming podcast because we use the products and they're fantastic. The yeah. body wash, the razor, it's all great. Manscaped. You done? All right. Growing out your playoff beard. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? Let me let me do the read. There's no read. I'm talking off the cuff, off experience on using the product. Growing out your playoff beard. Let's keep that thing loose up top. But our friends over at Manscaped are here to help you avoid a jumbo Joe downstairs. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming want to save your hockey pucks from a slap shot in crunch time this playoff season. Four million men worldwide trust Manscaped to prepare them for the Stanley Cup. Join them and go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code RINKRAT. That's R-I-N-K-R-A-T. 20% off and free shipping with the code RINKRAT at manscaped.com. And you heard that little plug there from Josh at the beginning. We like their products. We use their stuff. It's great. Body wash, deodorant, lip balm. If you're on the golf course, I'm telling you, the most underrated thing on earth is having having a, a little thing of lip balm in your bag. Can I be honest? Wait, can I interrupt? I was playing golf this weekend at the pulpit. Shout out if you know. Very windy course. My lips were chapped. As heck. I put it on. Felt good on the back nine. Fired a really good score. So Dang. that's maybe the little anecdotal evidence from my experience, but I would use it because it's really good. Everything they've sent us is fantastic. We all use all the all the products. Like oh, yeah. I, I would really, really strongly recommend everything they got. I agree. Yeah. You guys have spoken, taken the words right out of my mouth in terms <laughs> of uh, what great things we have to say about them. Uh, the first voice note I have is from Josh. You. Can I play Did it? Did you listen to it before I sent it? No, I didn't. Okay, just play it. Whatever. All right. Let's, let's see what he has to say. That was an absolute character grinder win. All the TV pundits will... I don't know what they're going to say, but they better say that was an f- absolute grinding win. And they deserved that one, and they... F- Freaking work their ass off. And Taveras and Nylander and Matthews and Marner, they came to play. Let's go. Yeah. I agree. That's yeah. a great point. <laughs> That's a great take. Yeah. You know what? There's a lot of pressure on Taveras and Nylander going into this game. I thought they responded really well. Absolutely. Be- yeah. Agreed. That's a great way to let's put it. Yeah. See. Let's see what Nick has to say here. Is this one's from Nick? Let's let's hear what he has to say. We ride it out, boys. Take it back to Tampa. Carry that same energy. Let's go. Goalies, go. That's just an energy guy. Yeah. Nick Simmons. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Blackwell. I love it. I love love it. it. I I mean, maybe play that one at halftime. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, Yeah, this was Liam Higgins. Um, Essentially, like, the conversation here was just, like, the refs are a disgrace. Um, and then JT needs a greasy one. Great second period, close to the worst first period in the history of first periods. But what a what an effing response after that! Seriously, that's, that's what it was. I went through every single one of those emotions. Terrible start. The refs suck. Wait, are we are we John back? Tavares, what are you doing? Oh wait, Tavares, you made a sick play. Oh wait, Nylander scored. Martin and Matthews, and that was it. Mm-hmm. You went through every emotion in this game as a oh, fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, some people only went through some of them because they stopped tweeting after the first period. Sid Six Loser, whatever. Can Couldn't we read Six Six Arrow's last, last, last tweet that he fired off before he has to go to sleep for breakfast television at 5 a.m.? Uh, yeah. Let me pull it up here. He said, four hours ago, he said, I've seen enough of William Nealand. And how... Soon was that before he scored the maybe biggest goal in so these playoffs. That, of the he last sent five that at eight twenty one, and then all the replies are just 
turn the game off. You don't get to enjoy this. Someone posted a picture of Nylander after he scored. It was a perfect picture. It's right. He still doesn't know. We're recording this right now. He's probably asleep. He's, He's getting ready to do Pilates on breakfast television in the morning. That's why. Yep. I mean, and then someone posted, a, uh, you know, the Veggie Tales. <laughs> it's a, it's like a, a book, a Veggie Tales book, and it says sometimes it's not our turn to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, great take. Astu Mills said no takes, but you got to give God, Allah, and Vishnu a shout out. They, they clutched for us. Hundred uh, percent. This is a good one, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. That was from Christian. Let's That's freaking go, baby. Let's go. All right. This was the most thought provoking one that we got. This is from Kyle DeMarkey. Did Hole stay in the lineup out of Keith's stubbornness with the media? That's a good think? question. I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I, so as well. I got I'm, a text from a very loyal listener who lives in Calgary. Who said the same thing? Who said, after listening to the press conference, the only reason that Hall's in this game is because Stevie Simmy, Steve Simmons, challenged Shelton Keith with a, a question that, you know, maybe Hall is our worst defenseman, but that, the way he worded that question was rather yeah. rude. I think we read the DM last time. It was like, why did someone, why did Keith respond? And, why did Keith respond and ask, who is our worst defenseman? Yeah, that, like, but, like that was just a weird situation. <laughs> yeah. But I, I would, I, it's tough because Hall playing with Giordano makes it much easier. For much him. easier. Yeah. Much, much so easier. My my thing with Hall over Lilligren, like I know it's been, a lot of people want Lilligren in. Like I'm still okay with having Hall in over the season. Justin Hall has allowed fewer expected goals against, but at the uh, – Expensive offense. Exactly. The expense of having individual offensive generation. Exactly. Significantly less expected goals for on off uh, expected goals for compared to Lilligan, who has much, much more expected goals for much better expected goals. But his goals against aren't as good. So I'd rather take a guy who's better at suppressing and then then get another guy who's who can generate more on offense at the expense of suppression. So I don't I don't I don't think it's. Because of that, that Steve Simmons question, but yeah, I don't know. I'm okay no. with it either way. But yeah, I mean, like I thought, I thought Hall played well on defense yeah. tonight. Like, did a great job just keeping the Lightning to the outside. Nobody was able to drive on him. Uh, like he used his length to his advantage. I thought after last game, I mean, game three, I thought he was okay. Uh, he had that one, you know, kerfuffle with uh, Brandon Hagel. They did win that game, and I didn't think it, he deserved to be taken out after that. Game four, I mean, I thought if they were going to make a change, it would be him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I didn't mind him staying in. I would say that just because, like, it's a five. Like the Leafs got pumped in game four. How do you just fault Justin Hall? Mm-hmm. Like that's just that's ridiculous, yeah. right? I mean, was he out there for all seven goals against? No. So, you know. Um, and then tonight he had a good comeback game. Like he was he was efficient. The thing that he doesn't do well, I think we all know, is he just some of these rim around dumpins or the you know where he's covering a weak side on the dumpin. He's not the cleanest to pick up the puck, and that's really you know no. that's really the bane of his issues because that leads to poor breakouts or that leads to you know extended D zone time where he's not that as comfortable as yeah. pushing the puck forward. But mm-hmm. tonight I thought they limited those chances. I thought. He did a good job just making a simple play, whether that was back towards Gio or just up the wall to whoever the winger was. I thought he did a decent job. So, Credit with zero blocks? That's kind of odd. Didn't play very much. Only 14.57 tonight with 2.27 on the penalty kill. So. But that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. That's why the Steve Simmons question is kind of weird because you're like, your worst defenseman. But, you know, he just plays the least. He's not really... He on tried any to. Given did you night, see? He worst. tried to to back up. His I question. don't care what he said. He's just he, he also he tweeted you know something, what? and he removed his name from his Twitter. On the last handle. episode, I was saying, "Oh yeah, that was rattled. That's true." That, but it's just a rude way to approach yeah. that question. Because, like, you know what, Justin Hall, whether you like him or not, as Leafs fan, I've been very critical of him. He's still a solid defenseman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going out there every night working his ass off, and just to expose him in the media like that is a little unprofessional. 
I agree. I agree. I think at first we were all like, yeah, kind of thing when that question was asked. But like, I gave it 12 hours, and like, not even 12 hours, like a few hours. I woke up the next day, I'm like, that was a horrible question. Yeah. Because it's like, what, uh, what, what's the coach supposed to respond to that? And he honestly He's like, responded yeah. with like, the only thing he could say, yeah, which like, is like, what are you talking about? about? Like, yeah. Like, you can ask, like, why did you start Justin Hall? Like, why didn't you start Morgan Riley and Labushkin? Who are, who are you? Are you like, whatever. But maybe he thinks Labushkin is their worth the best. Yeah, honestly. But he's not going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. What did you guys think of Labushkin tonight? Because there was a warfare on Twitter between a lot of people were saying Labushkin actually should have been out instead of Hole. I disagree because I think he he brings the physicality to match Riley's play. I still think he made some really boneheaded exit plays in this game. Yeah? Yeah, he made a couple. But it's like he's going to make one or two every game. But overall... He's going to defer those opportunities to Morgan Riley. That's why you often see Morgan Riley able to break the puck out on his offside because the, the automatic play for them is Labouche going to tip it to Riley and he breaks the puck out on the other side, mm-hmm. right? Or Riley to collect the puck because Riley's a you know, really fleet of foot defenseman. So mm-hmm. if you simply, it, it's not as simple as this, but you break it down to Labushkin, go hit. Riley, go get puck. And that's what they try to do. He pinched. He had a good chance. He, he had a couple. He had a couple mm. good chances. He, he had a and blue it was line funny because it was right too. after he, like, broke his knuckle. Yeah. <laughs> he, had a blue, he had a good blue yeah. line activation. Yeah. To, to and he had, like, he had, like, a little deception play, too, yeah, that was, yeah, and made, did. like, a nice pass. I was like, who is this guy? I, I think he's he was, fine. He I, really, I have no yeah. issues with him. Yeah. There was one play he flubbed it in his own end, and I thought he mm-hmm. did a great job of making up. It was the play he blocked it with his hand. Yeah. Like, just a nails play. That looked like a... Rough walk yeah. too. He, like, I thought he like, it broke looked, his hand. It I thought he broke, broke his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the bench, it looked pretty broken. Hundred percent. And he came back out and had a couple great shifts as a result. I mean, he scored on, but I don't mm. think that was his fault. Just at all. overall, like I, I keep, it was a character effort by the group. Like, oh yeah, it really was. Yeah, I agree. I agree. My one criticism I have of the team hit it. I thought the third line had a tough time they breaking did. out the puck. They did. They did. And it showed on in in the stat sheet. Do you think that has to do with you know? A couple times they had different wingers on that line, depending on the situation. No, I think it's more so those guys aren't very good at passing the puck. Tampa's very good at pressuring on the on their four check. So w- those guys, all three of them, are very good at skating the puck up the mm-hmm. ice, right? And then on top of that, their other option is to chip it out and try to puck hound and, and strip the puck and, like, you know, yeah. get a takeaway from it. But with the refs kind of, I feel like, this conspiracy theory, I feel like with the refs calling all these stick infractions that they are, maybe they're a little bit hesitant to try to reach in and get a takeaway. Maybe, yeah. That's fair. fair. I mean, the first period was like unreal, the amount of Mm -hmm. penalties. Yeah. Yeah. So I I thought they really – because every time they got the puck, there was pressure on them. You couldn't skate it out. You just had to chip it to center, mm-hmm. and then Tampa Bay did a great job of just turning it back around and back in the yeah. in the Leafs zone. So yeah, they got to find a way to stretch this. I feel like earlier in the series that like specifically, I, I think they have to do a better to... job of shortening it. You think so? I think like because I think that in Game Four they really tried to stretch the ice, mm-hmm. and they weren't able to complete any fair, passes. Fair, I feel fair. like you got to give better, simpler options, okay. like almost like set plays, kind of off of. Off of your breakout mm-hmm. that make it more simple for them to make that simplified pass and then allow for some space to be able to, to run wild with it or maybe chip it and then skate into it. Mm-hmm. Because right now tonight, it, it, they, they struggled pretty hard. I mean, yeah. all of their expected goals were under 20%. Which they is also do get, you know, the tough matchups. The tough the, matchup. yeah, but the, I agree. In, the, in most of the other games, they've been able to get the puck out. But. Maybe it catches up to them because I did a little sniffing around in some of uh, the micro stats. And David Camp had, has had a, a great series, but individually has not broken the puck up very well, which makes sense because he's often playing against Stamkos, Kucherov, mm-hmm. Hedman, Cernak. So that makes sense. And it's like you said, it felt like tonight when the puck got around to the wall, mm-hmm. his wingers didn't really good, do a great job of supporting him on those breakouts. And it makes sense. Like they didn't get the puck out that efficiently. A lot of it, like, was chip and chase, or off high and ho- high and hard off the wall, and not really controlled exits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But maybe you know, in that situation where Keith had a more traditional, once he moved Mikheyev and Kerfoot m- off that oh, no, Mikheyev or Kerfoot off that line for Nylander, it was much more of a defined line one, line two, line three, 
And maybe those guys are looking at it like, you know what? Whether we get a controlled exit or not, I just want this puck out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And change. That, mm-hmm. and, and that's maybe their role. But like you said, it did seem like they had more sustained zone time for Tampa against that line than usual. Mm-hmm. I agree. Perfectly put. Perfectly put there. Uh, do you guys want to give a first star of the night? Each pick one guy. I thought William Elander had jumped from the start. He missed two breakaways, which is kind of funny. Then he ended up scoring a way more high-difficulty shot. But I thought he had a really, really good game. I really did. Uh, I agree. And in a the game after, he's criticized, oh, there's no physicality. What's he doing he on this play much in the more corners? It was not yeah. – it, it was which I agree. That play was not very good optically. However, there was a play tonight, I think more than one. He cut to the middle, and he ate a hit. He did. And he almost scored you don't on think his well. He heard it. We all heard it. Of course, he heard it. You have to be living under a rock. We were driving in the game tonight, and they're yeah, talking about man. it on overdrive. They had Eddie Olchek as the five o'clock guest, and he was the one who said, "I'd bench Nylander for the rest of the game." So yeah. we heard it a lot. But but that's the thing about William Nylander. You know what? As much as you want to dog on him, it often seems like the moments when you're lowest on William Nylander, he just absolutely comes out. <laughs> Didn't to play. he score after that? Cernak situation in the corner happened two shifts after. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Your uncle hates William Nealand. Your uncle hates him. The name of this episode. (laughs) He does come to play. So your uncle's least favorite. I think, I think John Tavares owes a lot to him because a lot of the good shifts came with William Nealander on his way. Yep, exactly. I mean, John Tavares is primary assist who broke the puck in William Nealander. William Nealander. Jason, who you got? I'm going to take the layup here. Austin Matthews had a great Ooh. game tonight, doing everything, played the most minutes of, of all the forwards, scored, sh- like had 13 shots, seven hits. Like we talked about it earlier. He literally did everything and was everywhere on the ice. He seemed early on to be like a little frustrated because, and I think this might have carried over from last game because he didn't get a, a lot of the sh- shots he liked and he didn't get a lot of shots in the first period. But then after that first period, he was just relentless, relentless, relentless. What's your favorite stat from him tonight? I think it's the the was it seven point seven seven individual expected goals uh, on all situations. Let me just. What so, the, I like the hits. The hits, yeah. Four I mean, shots on goal, seven it, hits, sixty one percent at the dot. He was making an effort to throw that body. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. He was going out of his way to finish his hits. Yeah, on I, that one. Yeah, I don't think they like Cernak. They like to just try and bury Cernak every time he touches. I don't think the anyone that plays against Eric Cernak likes Eric. Yeah, Cernak. no, <laughs> fair. Not at all. Very, very difficult player to to play against, uh, which leaves me. Damn it. Did I make that noise? Oh, God. <laughs> um, You're thinking hard. That's your brain going. <laughs> you could double up if you want. No, I don't, I don't want it. That's the thing. Uh, I really like that Nylander pick. There were so many good Double up. Double up for Nylander. Can I yeah, go? Double up for Nylander. You can take Nylander. I got another guy. All right. Um I guess I'm going to go Mitch Marner. Okay. Had that fantastic assist on the game-winning goal. Um, just He passes the puck exceptionally well. He had four hits tonight himself. Uh, plays he the penalty He was also kill. going out there trying to hit a couple exactly, guys, too. Exactly, exactly. Like, did take a penalty at a, you know, not the greatest of great times. Um, and on top of that was on the ice for a goal against that tied the game. However, just overall impacts in this game, I thought he was terrific. Mm-hmm. I think he makes a lot of defensive plays that – sorry, that was me. If you don't realize – you don't <laughs> – what's your issue? If, you don't, if you're not looking for it, you don't notice. Mm-hmm. He makes a lot of really strong defensive plays. Yeah. And I was just combing through some Toronto Maple Leaf dumping exits today. He makes a lot of really – reliable and strong plays on exits where maybe he's not the one skating the puck out, but you can tell he's directing traffic and his defensemen are relying on him. Okay. I'm going to get you the puck and whether you mm-hmm. skate it out or you pass it back to me or you pass it middle pop to Matthews or across ice to bunting, you make the right play. And he does that often. So mm-hmm. I agree. He's I a, agree. he's a player where you, you know, I don't know how to say this. It takes a real hockey fan to realize how good this player is oh you you really have to watch every single play there and was, mark down the positive ones. there was one where he made his own entry and the entire stadium was yelling shoot 
And if he shot, it was probably a bit of block shot. And he was all, he was along the boards there. He too, was so along the boards, and right he here. made a pass. I have no idea who he passed it to. It was Austin Matthews because I had no idea who else was on the ice. Yeah, because it was just him yeah. entering the zone. Yeah, and he made a pass where no one even saw the guy. It may have been Matthews, and Matthews had a great shot. Like he just has eyes on the back of his head. He's a great mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. And you know, what? let's sing John Tavares' plays praises while we're at it. Yeah. You can do John Tavares. You can do Michael Bunting had an oh, expected goals of ninety two point four. Michael Bunting is so good. The fact he's on the fourth line, like we're not going to talk joke. about that's embarrassing. Yeah. Shout out joke. Adam Bursey. He said that ten times, and I agree with him ten times over. That guy on the fourth line is embarrassing. It was a joke. Uh, one thing you wanted to say, you had a good point in our group chat about John Tavares on the power play. Go ahead. What was the point? All right. You want me to say No, it. no. I, I think he's becoming a little bit one-dimensional in front of the net. I think a lot of good th- good teams realize when the puck goes down low behind the net, their net front player becomes a little bit of a modified bumper where he is yeah. able to work off the defenseman off the crease and create an option in front. I've seen two or three plays where Nylander or Marner have looked for that, and Tavares just stood in front of the net. But I don't want to keep ripping on him. So. Yeah, of course. I mean... He does the dirty work, but that he is hasn't one thing. though. He really hasn't. No. In terms of loose puck retrievals in this in this series going into tonight, he was eighth on the Leafs. Wow, who's he's first? normally first. Austin Matthews, nice. But he's nice. normally first in that, right? Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, and his his net front power play numbers are bad. Oh yeah, no, no, no. bad. It hasn't been bad. How many screens have you seen? None. How, How many, many inner slot shots? None. Inner slot, yeah. There you and go. There's, if you go look, if you really are a Leafs fan, you love the Leafs, go watch some of their power plays. You'll see plays that end up behind the net. Those are mostly designed for either Tavares to leak out in front of the net mm-hmm. or the pass around to the weak side forward, which may be Nylander or, or Matthews. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. It, it helps to, when you have that guy in front of the net, like stinging off or, or moving out. Making a play create, to get open. Yeah, it creates more space. It creates the, the defense has to move more, which allows for more space and allows for more scoring chances. So that is an interesting perspective there. Is there anything else you guys had from this game? You want to talk about game six? Yeah, TJ Brody, Brody is just like unreal. Yeah. He, he really is. He moved the puck decently tonight, I thought. Like, I think even his bad him plays him are Muslim. minimized. Like, he, yeah. there's a couple. There is, but... He's overall always playing really effectively. Also, Jake Muzzin's done a really effective job as getting his getting his shot through screens in this series. Oh yeah, which is hard great. shots. Yeah, absolutely. Very so. hard shots. So that's that was nice to see that uh, that pairing play pretty decently tonight. I thought. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. In terms of the Lightning, what kind of different look do you think? Not in terms of lines, but I, like, I don't think they'll change anything. How do you think they're going to come out in Game Six? I think they'll. They've done a really good job at shortening their bench. Mm-hmm. When it, like, how much did you see of Maroon and Perry tonight? I don't think they barely, Not barely played. And that's an effective uh, coaching job by John Cooper. So we'll see if that continues. Um, yeah. They have good players, and we'll see. I, I fully expect them to come out with a really good effort on Thursday. We'll see how yeah. they bounce back. But, you know, at this point, how many times are we going to go tip for tat? Like, I know. There's got to be something's got to break here. Yeah. 16, 16 in a row. Yeah. 16 in a row. Yeah. Streaks are meant to be broken. Oh, yeah. They're the well, champs until they're not. Someone want to yeah. make a prediction or what? No, we'll just remember. Leafs win. Yeah. Let's hopefully. go. Go. Yeah. Say it. 4 2 win. Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's my. I'm locking that in. I like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm the only one giving a prediction. <laughs> yeah, I suckered you into that. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so Pat Maroon, 507. Belmar, 607. This is at 5 on 5. So. Again, you could have seen, if you looked, an individual wearing a number wow. 34 jersey yelling at Pat Maroon. Because there so, was a play in the first period. Him and Matthews got a little tied up. On, at 5 on 5, Maroon, Belmar, Perry combined for zero Corsi 4. They were terrible. I think Perry got hurt at one point. He was in the in the locker room for like. He was out there in six on five though. Yeah, no, I'm saying first period he was out for like five ten minutes, but oh, and then he came back. Yeah, 
But again, uh, the Lightning, excellent players, excellent, all of them. They're all great. I want to again. All of them fantastic. Again, someone was wearing a number thirty-four jersey was yelling at Pat Maroon. I don't know who that yeah. was. Ask him to read a page of a Harry Potter book for you. <laughs> Guaranteed he can't. But you know what? I that's, do. I do hockey. I don't do school. That's not surprising because anytime those guys go jump on the ice, guess what happens? Okay, also go on the ice. Okay, Tavares, go on the mm-hmm. ice. Maroon tried to mix it up with Austin. That's Matthews what I'm saying right? after the whistle. And Matthews absolutely bodied him. Yeah. So, how do you like that? Oh, get, LA Kings overtime winner. No wow. way. Guys, I want to say this right now. Do the Edmonton Oilers with Connor McDavid on the Andre Settle should win this game, in, win this series in five games. We're doing, we did a little around the league at the end of the last episode. This episode, I'm going to jump in there. This is really embarrassing for the Edmonton Oilers. It's Dustin Brown's last go at it. It doesn't matter whose last go at it. It is. Joe. It's like, all about vibes. It's not about analytics anymore. Na- name two defensemen on the LA Kings. Troy Stetcher. Okay, he didn't play the first few games, but good one. Played tonight and scored. He did, yeah. He played Sean last Dur- night. And had two. Sean Dersey. Okay. Not fair form release. Uh, Oli Mata. Yeah, all okay. Right. Again, are we listing studs here or what? So that's four. And that's then they three. have Alex Edler. Yeah, Edler. He's their first pairing D. And then they have uh, Tobias Bjorn, Bjornfoot. No, no, He's not playing? Mikey Anderson. Mikey Anderson. Matt Roy. Brother of Joey Anderson. And Matt Roy. And Matt Roy. Oh, that's their six defensemen. Matt Roy, I should have known. That's their six defensemen. You have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Evander Kane and Zach $5 million Hyman, and you're down 3-2? That's, I'm sorry, that's embarrassing. Yeah. That is like the, nobody want nobody expected the LA Kings in the playoffs. Nobody wanted to even see ever want to see Vegas make that spot. Mm-hmm. Not one. I thought I just thought they were going to make it. And they're up three two. They lost their best player. Drew Doughty has been their best. Arvidsson's been injured. Victor Arvidsson's probably their third best forward. He's been injured behind Kopitar and Deneau. And they're up three two. That's crazy. They got. Uh... They got Philly. Philly Deneau. I don't know. Like <laughs> this guy just wins <laughs> apparently. On teams that are not supposed to. So, I think even Byfield, I think, was injured. We got scratched. We got scratched for, scratch. for Grunstrom. It's been a mix of a lot of their younger guys in that third, fourth line. But Interesting. Any other series you think have been interesting? Carolina uh, Colorado, like I said last time. Mm-hmm. Kale McCarr has 10 points in four games. Uh, He's bad. the best player going right now. Unfortunately, you have to wait to, for the second round to You're watch right. him play. You're right. Ooh. I think Calgary and Dallas has been uh, five times more physical than Leafs Tampa, and Leafs Tampa has twice as many power plays. Yep, but that's an interesting one. Um, the Pittsburgh pit- is dominating, yeah. like yeah, three-one yeah. series for Pittsburgh there. Yeah, I mean any other series? Washington, Florida—they're all good series. They're Washington, all Florida. I think again, Florida—they bounce back good, but still in that game, just weird, weird stuff they're trying to do. Like, yeah, weird, weird series. Yep, uh, I was surprised. The Carolina, I mean, the game after they should have took Game Four, they bounced it's back a, with a good win tonight. Feels like it's going seven though. Maybe, yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. I wonder if Elias Lindholm's going to come back in the series. But Hampus, we Hampus, yes, wrong Lindholm. Anyways, <laughs> it's late. Thanks. Uh, Anything it's also else? very similar sounding guys. Uh, yeah, I just want to say one thing before we finish. This game means nothing if we don't win the next one. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Seriously, Time guys. Goes. Seriously, this game means nothing if we don't win the next one. So let's let's freaking win the next one. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I'm with you on that one. Hopefully, so yeah. you know who that should be directed at. Toronto Maple Leafs. No, Sheldon Keith. Yeah. How many exactly. minutes did Nelson Matthews play tonight? He 23 played 23 minutes. And so do that again. Do that again to two days exactly. from now on yeah. Thursday night. It doesn't matter who Tampa puts out there. Who cares? Let them play a lot, and it'll, you'll reap the benefits. Thanks uh, everyone for listening. Oh yeah. Oh, how many minutes did he play last game though? I just want to relate just it. To. Total nineteen. Nineteen. Okay, so five so, more minutes, and we got to win. So that uh, seems to be the recipe. I believe uh, Don Cherry earned himself. Spot on TV because, as he said, when Phil Esposito and Bobby York, I just opened the door and let Phil Esposito and Bobby door. Great strategy. Not a bad strategy, huh? Anything? uh, Last closing thoughts? That's all we got. Thanks, everyone, for listening and for sending in your DMs and for the passion that unites us all. Go, Leafs, go.
The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by BetStamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sportsbooks. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up.